Hallelujah. Did you bring your Bibles? Are you ready today? David, help me, my friend. Make your declaration with me. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. I'm empowered by its love. I overcome by the faith produced from receiving this seed sown into my heart. Father, I thank you this morning. In the next couple of moments, you will speak with clarity by your spirit into our hearts and into our lives. Holy Spirit, open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, and somebody said, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Well, this morning I want to finish. I've been on a, just kind of a, a, a focus on this uh, coming out of Resurrection Sunday and our Easter time and that. And just thinking, so many times we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we never really stop to think about really what the fullness of that means to you and I. And in the last three words that Jesus said upon the cross is it is finished. And then sometimes if you would ask most Christians, you ask them the question, well, what is it? Because Jesus says, it is finished. And we just go, oh, yes, amen. Okay, well, then what did I amen to? What am I in agreement? See, amen, amen means this, so be it. So what have I just declared to be in my life? If, if I've declared amen, so be it, that it is finished, well, then what is to be it in my life? And, and if we don't stop and think, and I think that's a hindrance many times, is that we just listen, but we don't really stop to really think about the word or digest the word or meditate on the word or even to break it down, what so many of these terms mean to us. And so we, we, we come just up, if you would, a little bit short of receiving and possessing what has been promised to us, and then we get frustrated, and then we just kind of just get lackadaisical. I don't know for a better way to say it in that, but if we just, well, wait a minute, Jesus said it's finished. So something's supposed to be finished, so that means I should be walking in something that's completed, something that's been accomplished, not for him, but for me. He didn't declare it's finished just for him. He wasn't declaring, okay, my suffering is finished. He didn't, in, in essence, it was, but he was suffering. He wasn't suffering for himself. He wasn't there by any fault or, or, or wrong of his own. He was there on your benefit and for my benefit. Are you with me? And so what he was there for is declared over our lives that it is finished. And so I don't know about you, but I want to choose to live in the power of that declaration. And so for me, this is a challenge in my life, even as a pastor, and we, we shared it, uh, uh, I shared it at the intersection, I share it with you all the time, because when it comes to preaching and to teaching and being in ministry, God gives men gifts, he, he imparts gifts to us, and he gives us a gift so we can be a blessing to you, so we can help and encourage you and bring the word to you, but then after we teach the word and bring the word, then we got to live it ourselves. And so in doing that, I'm right in this thing with you. God, I want to live in the reality of it is finished. Amen? In my own person. I don't want to just declare it. I want to live it. Would you agree? So before we read some of these scriptures this morning, I want you to look what I put on the outline this morning. And, and, and I just felt like it was important to declare this to our church this morning because you're never going to get a 30-minute soundbite from me. You're never just going to get a nice little message. I'm not going to be nice from that standpoint of just trying to do something, just fluff and puff. I'm never going to preach you a marshmallow message. All right? 
because I, I don't believe that's what gives us the victory. This is really the heart. If I could give you the definition, when we named our church Solid Rock Faith, and it's built out of Matthew chapter uh, 7, verse 24 through 29, he that hears my word and does it is a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And so hearing the word and doing the word is what gives us sure foundation in our life. And my heart, my passion as a pastor is to do my best to impart a solid foundation into your life. And so I put here the goal and heart of the ministry here is to preach and to teach the word of God without compromise so that your heart and life will be rooted and grounded in the faith that comes from hearing and receiving the truth contained in the word. So that you can be doers of the word and build your lives upon the rock. So I put my lesson together and then I think, well, man, then I studied the lesson. I get so much more. And then I go, well, now I've got a few minutes to deliver this. And so then I get frustrated. I go, God, I just wish we had all day sometime to do the word. Amen? Because you, you, you go from a 90-minute from, from a, a gathering into a six-day onslaught from the world. When you walk out of here, you're walking back out into the battlefield. And you haven't, the Bible says you have an adversary who goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So when we go away from assembling or spending time daily in our prayer closet, wherever we are, we do our devotion. When you walk out in the world, you walk out into a battleground. Paul says it like this, the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. Amen. And he goes down and talks about strongholds and thoughts and bringing thoughts into captivity. The Bible tells us, he also says in Ephesians 6, put on the whole armor of God. He tells us to fight the good fight of faith. So it sounds like we might be facing some conflict. And if I'm not equipped for the battle, then how am I going to win? Are you with me? So my heart and my passion, how can I help you be equipped for the battle? So turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 this morning. I want to read these three passages, and then we'll go really fast through the outline, and you can read it slow later. <laughs> Amen. Some of you get that. Praise the Lord. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore... Anytime you read therefore, what's it mean? Anytime you see the word therefore in the Bible, it means back up and go find out what it's there for. Therefore is an answer to everything that had just been said before. So Paul says, I've, I've declared all, so, so all this has been declared, therefore, as, or as a result of that, or because of that, therefore, if anyone is what? If anyone is what? In Christ, he is a new creation. All things have, somebody say have. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 1. You might want to fold a page over in your Bible. We're going to be coming back to that passage in a moment or shortly. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning verse 15. Therefore... There it is again. I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayer, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. God's will is that you would have knowledge of who you are in Christ. Are you with me? The eyes of our understanding being enlightened that you 
may know. Somebody say, that I may know. So Paul is praying that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That's a whole other message in itself. Verse 19. Now watch this. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. So Paul is making a declaration that God has great power that is available to you and I through Christ. According to the working of his what? Mighty power in which he worked in Christ. Now watch this. So, so what kind of power is that? In which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. And two weeks ago when I preached the first part of this message, I declared to you that Jesus as our high priest is seated by the right hand of the Father. In the earth, the high priest in the earth, they were never allowed to be seated because their work was never completed. Do you understand that? But Jesus has done a finished work for you and I. There will be no more sacrifice for sin. It is a finished work. But he seated far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this age but also in the age that is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. So he is the head and you are the body. If he is the head of all principality and power, then what do you have in him? All authority over all principality and power. Part of it is finished is where you are, is the declaration of where you are now positionally in Christ. The hard part is this is spiritual in our life, and we are actually spiritual beings. If you understand in the beginning when God made man, man was created spiritual, not natural. And the fall brought a transition from being walking in spirit with God to walking in a natural environment in time. And now we have to understand we've been taken out of that natural environment and placed back into a spiritual walk and environment with God. And we have to think spiritually in order to walk in the fullness of it is finished. Are you doing all right? So watch this this morning. Now go with me, if you would, to John chapter 15, the Gospel of John in the 15th chapter. While you're turning, I'll begin reading. I am the true vine, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine branch, vine dresser, excuse me. (coughs) Every branch in me. Somebody say, in me. So if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Every branch in me... That does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. So if you're a Christian, what's God looking for in your life? Well, he's just glad I'll go to church once every three weeks. No, God is looking for spiritual fruit in your life. Now watch it. Think about that. But where's that fruit coming from? Jesus tells it. You are already clean because of the word which I spoke to you. Now watch this. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. The word abide means to stay set, to stay fixed. 
I was going to bring the definition up, but I didn't out, out, out of the concordance there. But, but it is a set place to be set, to be fixed, to abide, to remain. Verse 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now, when, when you look at a branch on a tree or on a vine or on a grapevine, you look at that. The, the branch, the, the fruit is coming, it, it appears out on the branch. But where is the life for that fruit coming from? It's coming out of the root. Are you listening to me? As Pastor just said, it's coming out of the root. It's connected so it's flowing up from the vine out into the branch. And the life that's coming from the vine is being manifest on the branch. The branch isn't producing it. The branch is producing it because it's connected to the vine. Are you doing all right? And that's what Jesus is trying to get to his disciples. If you will live your life connected to me, if any man be in Christ. Romans 11 says that we were the wild olive branch and we are grafted in to the true olive tree. Amen? So we were wild and we're grafted into the natural tree. And now the fruit, and that's why the Bible says we're not supposed to boast against the root. I loved it, and I shared a little bit a while ago when, when we were in, in July of 2013, we were in Washington, D.C., and I met that gentleman from Israel, ambassador from Samaria, and he just started exchanging, and I just started weeping. He goes, what is the matter? And I said, I'm meeting. The Lord is allowing me to meet the root that I'm grafted into. It's an amazing time. And so in that, but you've been grafted in, we're there, and we're abiding in him. So look at <coughs> verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. How many know that's a verse you want to avoid? Amen. So abide. Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, will ask what you desire, and it will be done for me. Verse 8. By this my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Wow, what an amazing passage. What an amazing passage about being in Christ. Or if you would, how do I live and it is finished? We're going to move out of ourselves and see ourselves in Him. Everything I've read to you is about being connected and seeing yourself connected and living in the Lord Jesus Christ. But you have to see yourself there. And separate yourself from this world. And, and it takes living by the Spirit. That's why the Bible says we're called to walk in the Spirit. Are you with me? So look at the cover of your outline. At times it can be easy for us to forget that we are caught up in a war between two worlds. Light and darkness, heaven and hell. Jesus declared, my kingdom is not of this world. To Pilate in, 18, in John 18 verse 36. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it was, my disciples would fight. But he does have a kingdom, and you and I are citizens in it. Satan is declared as the god of this world or this age. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4 that he blinds people's minds from hearing the truth of the gospel. Hear me this morning. Jesus did not come to redeem the world or the earth. He came to redeem humanity out of this world and into his kingdom. You're there in John. Just go over to Colossians chapter 1. I want you to see this this morning. Colossians chapter 1, beginning verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance 
of the saints in light. How many of you would just raise your hand unashamedly and said, I know I'm born again? Okay, I know I'm, I know I'm born again. I, I'm a believer in Christ. Amen? So that means I'm in Christ. And so that qualifies me to be a partaker of the inheritance. Are you with me? Look at verse 13. Now why? He has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us or transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. Jeff, let me use you for an example. Come on up here with me. Come here. Okay, run. I'm short on time. No, teasing. Now what? Okay, come right up here. Now watch. So what? This is, now the cross is on this side, and I want you to see this. So Jeff is lost in his sins. Okay? He's in the world. That, that side's the world. And so over here is the king of this world under the rule and the reign of Satan. He stole the authority from Adam in there. He's ruling the reign of him. Jeff hears the gospel. The gospel, he accepts Christ. And, and, and by the Spirit, God takes him out of this kingdom and transfers him into the kingdom of his son. And he's there by virtue of the blood. The cross is his door of access into this kingdom. Are you listening to me? Amen. And so now this is where he lives. He's no longer, he's no longer a citizen of there. He lives here. This is a spiritual transfer. You were under a spiritual authority of darkness and control. And now you've been taken out from under this. You no longer live here. You've been taken from here and brought into his kingdom. Now you have to learn how to operate here. You can't just go, yes, amen, and, and, and agree in your mind. You, you, you have to get this in your spirit. And you have to live it from your spirit out. Are you listening to me? So what we do is I agree, yes, I'm saved, but, but while I'm agreeing, I, I never see myself in the Spirit. And so the next day I wake up and I just see myself living here because I'm still in the same old world. I'm still facing the same problem. I, I still have all the same things around me. But wait a minute, that no longer has authority over my life. That authority has been broken because Jesus took me out from under that authority and brought me into his kingdom. And that no longer has a hold on my life. I am a free man. I am a free woman. I'm not living under the bondage of an oppressive devil. I'm living under the freedom of a risen Savior. Come on, you can do better than that this morning. Amen. But that's where we live. He came to redeem humanity out of this world into his kingdom. Everything he does in our lives and through our lives and through our lives and for us in life is connected to his eternal redemption and his work to reveal his glory through us. As believers, we all have heavenly possessions which are ours for the taking in Christ Jesus here and now. It is possible for us to experience the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. It is possible to experience the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. But the problem is, I have to agree with my spirit against what I believe in my head. Because my head is telling me, dude, you are still here. You're facing the same. No, I'm no longer a citizen here. I don't live here anymore. I live here. And I have to see myself by faith. 
The just, the Bible says, we don't walk by, we walk by faith and not by, we walk by and not by sight. By sight, we see ourselves in the world every day. By faith, I see myself out of the world and into his kingdom. My life is not governed by that kingdom any longer. That's where we live. So hear me this morning. All believers have already received that. It's possible for us to experience that power, that others, and when we do that, so that others might believe. God works in us, and through his working, he is glorified by allowing others to see his goodness. Faith and trust are the keys to entering into the blessing of the possessions we have in Christ. Christ holds these truths, Christ holds these in trust for us. And we claim them not from him, but in him. See, we're we're trying to get something from him instead of seeing ourselves positionally in him. There is a difference, my friends, in trying to get something from God than understanding that I already have all things in him. And so as long as I think I need to get something from him, I never see it completed and finished in him. So my faith is frustrated, and I'm wondering my prayers don't work because we're praying with a wrong mindset and without clear understanding that it is finished. And when it was finished, your complete redemption was paid for completely. That's why the Bible says when it speaks of the blessing, even in our healing, 2 Peter, by his stripes, you were past tense healed. Not going to get healed. You are already the healed of the Lord. And if you ever see yourself in Christ and start calling yourself healed instead of needing a healing, it changes everything. So God provides us nothing except that we find it in the Lord Jesus Christ. All of his power and authority and spiritual and natural blessings are in Christ. Welcome to the introduction. Look inside your outline. (laughs) Hallelujah. And I said this two weeks ago and God gave it to me. Just stop and think of who we are. We are, again, let me tell you, we are the original Me Too movement. You know why we're here today? Look at, I'm saved. How many could say, me too? I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. How many could say, me too? I've experienced the power of God. How many could say, me too? I know that God loves me. How many could say, I know I'm his favorite. How many could say, we are the original me too. We are the gathering of the me too's. And when we come together, that's why we come to worship. We think about that. I said a couple of weeks ago, when we look at Christ and we look at all that he has done. I I love, we're so blessed with such great musicians and talented people who can lead us in songs that inspire us and lead our worship. But all I need to do is remember what he has done for me. And he has made me one of the me too. Man, you could take it all away, put us out in that parking lot with nothing but being able to stand shoulder to shoulder as the me too's who know who we are in Christ. And we'll have some worship. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So let me walk you through a couple of these. We may not get through these. And we'll come back next week and finish this up. But keys to knowing what it means to be in Christ. There are some keys to knowing what it means to be in Christ. And entering into all that is ours in His. 
How many would believe that if Jesus said it is finished and he died for you and your complete redemption, how many know it's his heart that you would walk in that? And yet we have people say, well, I just don't know if it's the Lord's will for, for me to be healed. Are you kidding me? And that's why I say religion has messed up our minds. And you've got to get away from religion, get back to the book, and be a student of the word. Amen? And so I encourage you. Why, why do I say, why do I say, did you bring your Bible? You have to take this thing serious enough to become a student of the word. This is your answer. This is your inheritance. If you were named in a will and you had an inheritance, they, they, they would send you the paperwork and you'd want to read it to find out what had been, inher- what, what had been uh, given to you. And it's yours. It's been freely given to you. That's your well, you know, that takes a lot of work to find out what belongs to me. If they want me to have it, won't they just bring it to me? All right, we're doing good. Are we doing all right? So what? So get it this morning. So I encourage you, bring your Bible, bring a note prayer, study, and grow in God. Every way. You should expect God to say something to you, even through me. Some of you get that later. Amen. You see, there's a great difference between getting something from Christ and having all these things in Christ. I celebrate so many Christians. Well, I I just need to receive from the Lord. What? What do you need to receive? Well, you know, I I need God to do this for me. Uh, Newsflash, done. Everything you need him to do for you is already done. What is Jesus doing right now? He's sitting by the right hand of the Father. We think he ought to get up and do something for us. The reason he's sitting by the Father is because his work is finished. And if we ever take him at his word, it changes everything. The Bible says, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed through the renewing of your mind. We have to renew our mind to it is finished. And live in the finished reality of his work upon the cross. Jesus Christ has been made unto us everything we need, both now and forever. He has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. He's been made unto you, and your redemption is everything that is listed upon that wall. He came to redeem your marriage. He came to redeem your health. He came to redeem your soul. He came to be your provider. He came to heal every relationship of your life. It is all in him being. He's been made to you. Redemption. He's already been made that to you. And if any man be. Like four people are getting this. If any man be. He is a new creation. Old things passed. Passed away. All things became. In him. And so the moment I see myself positionally 
in him. Everything is in him, by him, and through him. And all I have to do is see myself grafted into him. And now his life is flowing up and producing his life through my life. I'm not producing it. We keep trying to work. Paul said, work out your old salvation. I'm trying to work it out. Working it out is getting your brain saved. <laughs> see, see, see. <laughs> it's to the saving of our soul. Receive with meekness. Now watch what it says. Receive with meekness, James says, the engrafted word which is able to save, deliver your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Our soul, our, our, our thoughts, our, our, our minds, and everything running through our mind, all of our emotional Roller coasters. Amen. I saw a great meme the other day. This little girl says, I'm not tall enough to ride on your emotional roller coaster. It's <laughs> 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 <So> awesome. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So watch this. So everything is all in him. But because we're so, think about it. This means a great deal more than for him to give us something out of his fullness. We have it all in him. It's more than him just giving us something out of his fullness. See, we think, well, the Lord, th these are my needs, so can, can you just give me a basket of goodies? Can, can you just, you know, I got all these needs, and these are all my needs. Could you just give me a few of my needs? Meet just a few of my needs. He said, I didn't come to just give you a basket every now and then of some of your needs. I came to give you a life. I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And it's all in me. Are we doing all right? So watch this this morning. So because we are so limited capacity, what we could receive would be very little to what we have in store in him. Paul says, Philippians 4, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So every need you have is already met. I shared it with the men yesterday. Most of what we need, we talked yesterday morning in our men's breakfast about attitude. And most of us, our spirits are fine. Our heads are just screwed up. We just need a check. We just need a checkup from the neck up. Amen. Because it's our thinking. It's what we're thinking about God that's messing us up. And so, it's easy. How many would just agree with me? Taxes in California are too high. How many of you agree with me politicians are stupid? Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> and, so, and, and, and so through all of their insanity, we live under the burden of their insanity. And regardless of where you go, the world is crazy. I don't care where you go, but, but oh, oh, the, the cost of living is getting so high. I know God's totally surprised by the cost of living where you are. He's going, dude, I don't know if I can meet your needs there. You're probably going to have to do something about this. I'm not big enough to meet your needs to live here. 
If I was you, I'd think about making some transition. Get to a place and make it. Could you just move and make it a little easier on me? So in, in California, look, look away. They're, they're talking about a mass exodus of millions of people going to Arizona, Texas, no matter where, Idaho, everywhere, and people trying to get away from the cost of living. I just say like this, regardless of what it is, the problem is not what you're dealing with. You just have too small of a God. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good this morning. My goal is to preach you the truth, not always be your friend. Amen. Here's the difference. Friends love you the way you are, and friends will never challenge you. Mentors and leaders love you too much to leave you the way you are. Are you doing all right? And so my goal is to help you. Believe in God. My God shall supply all of my So what happened? We, we, we have financial pressures or things right up against us, and then we're, oh, my God, how am I going to make it? How are we going to get through that? Why? I, 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 brought, I voluntarily brought myself back under a kingdom of control that's ruled by fear, doubt, and unbelief. Are you doing all right? Instead of saying, wait a minute, no. Oh, wait a minute. Bless God, if he needs to, I can go fishing and get enough to pay my taxes. Jesus said, hey, Peter, we need to pay our taxes. Go catch a fish and take care of this. Catches the fish, opens his mouth, and the money's in the fish's mouth. How many want to catch that fish? Oh, that, that was a miracle. I don't know if God does that today. Okay, just live over here. God is a God of supernatural increase from unexpected sources. Well, I don't make enough on my job. I don't have enough here. Well, so what's your source, your job or your God? Who is your source? My God shall supply all my according to by so I'm, I think I'll just live in him. I think I'll, the, the, the word abide means to live in, settle down in, take up residence in, be at rest in him. Amen. And finances is just one thing. We allow ourselves to be under financial pressure and the pressures of our finances become bigger than our God. But every need I have is already met in him. Can we still go get coffee after church this morning? <laughs> Amen. So watch it. So knowing we are united to him, all we need we find in him. Can you get that this morning? All you will ever need is already in him. Jesus said, it is finished. Let me ask you, the God who sees the end from the beginning, who knew you before he formed you. Let me ask you, what is he surprised about in your life? What has he not already made preparation for in your life? Nothing. He has everything in your life covered. And when I just begin to thank him, Tim and I are talking about this after breakfast yesterday morning. And just this. Attitude. How, how everything affects our attitude. If, if, if I don't see God. Just think about this situation. You preach the gospel. 
You deliver a lady from demonic possession. And the next thing you know, you're beaten and thrown into a dungeon. The deepest part of a dungeon. You and your ministry partner. Paul and Silas deliver a young lady from demonic possession. Get judged, beaten, and imprisoned for it. And in that moment, at midnight, sitting there with bleeding backs on a floor of probably raw sewage and filth, they begin to worship God. Because this is the Paul who said, my God shall supply all of my need. And what I need right now isn't 50 bucks. What I need right now is a miracle from God. And they begin to praise God. And the earthquake came. The chains fall off. The doors open up. And God sets them free. How did that happen? Because Paul refused to live in the circumstance. He chose to abide in him. I know in whom I have believed. That's why I say, say, Pastor, why are you preaching like this? Because for so many years I see this. We celebrate Resurrection Sunday, and then we go back to normal Monday. As I said two weeks ago, Peter just said, hey, I'm going fishing. Been a good three and a half year run. That was kind of cool. I'm going back to my old life, my old ways that wasn't working, but I'm going back to the familiar the familiar life of failure and defeat and brokenness and no purpose, I'm going to go back and live there. And then while he's back there, Jesus shows up and goes, how's that working out for you? (laughs) We're not catching any fish again. (laughs) Amen? And then he puts him back on cord. Let me finish with a couple thoughts here. So here's what we need to understand. He is our strength. We're told to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Remember that God has nothing for us except we find it in Christ. All power is his, whether it is power over sin, over the world, or over Satan. Let me ask this morning, who among us in himself could withstand Satan? Could any of us in our natural withstand a spiritual being? Not at all. Which one of us is, complete, is a complete conqueror over the flesh nature? How many got your flesh under control? How many have made it so far this today without having a messed up thought? Not me. Man, I'm a major work in progress. Amen. If you don't believe me, just ask my wife. Amen. You can't think that way. You can't talk that way. I guarantee something. You've already had to try to deal with something, suppress something, and we aren't even reached noon yet. Because the flesh is always there. Our thoughts, our attitudes, our desires. We all daily fight the battle with our flesh. What Christian can withstand his own, in his own strength the temptations and allurements of this world? None of us. None of us in, on our own, but all of us in Christ can. We can't do it on our own, but in Christ. The, the moment I get there, I so say, wait a minute. I'm going to have to battle this myself or else I'm just going to see myself in him. Are you with me? See, he has power over all these enemies of ours. That power is at our disposal because Jesus 
is ours. In Luke 10, 17, he said, I give you power and authority over all the power of the enemy. You will tread upon serpents and scorpions. He is the head of all principality and power, and we are his body. Amen? As we read in Colossians. All authority is in his hand. He has all power to do whatever he needs to do. Since we have Christ, we have everything we need. Having Christ means we have everything that we need. If I have him, and my prayer through these simple little messages that I hope I can get you to see yourself in him. Why accept it? Why is it so important that I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? If, if, if I ever see the transition that happened, the moment I say, Jesus, I give you my life. Listen to what it says. The moment we accept him, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. And you and I become a member in him. Jesus has a spiritual body in the earth. And Christianity, we, we come and we gather and we assemble because we're all members one of another in, in, in him. Amen. So, why? But so, so here's what the devil does. The devil tells people, oh, you just live your own life. You just do your own thing. As long as you love God and do your own thing, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be in him. No, you have to be in him. Why is there so much fight? Look at what's going on today. You know what's going on today is a breakout again. We, we are called the post-modern generation, the, the, the post-modern Christian generation, that, that we've moved past the need of Christianity and faith in Christ. And we're becoming the post-church generation. And we're becoming the post, what people will call organized religion. I don't want to be a part of organized religion, but I guarantee you're pretty glad your body is organized this morning. If your body gets unorganized, who's the first person you call? The doctor. Can you help me get my body reorganized? Things aren't functioning. My members aren't cooperating with each other. And so what do we do? We go to the doctor to get our members to cooperate again together. And we are a spiritual body. And when we connect, the purpose that we connect. And now what? If the, the devil understands that the church is the body of Christ. And the church has all authority over him. But if we just see ourselves as individual believers, my authority isn't in myself in him. My authority is not in myself, in him. My authority is in him. The Bible says that God has set everyone in the body and made us members in particular. And he does it by his will, by his spirit. Every person, when they're saved, is set by God into his body, positionally according to his will. The only problem with that, it means that we are now under authority. And the one thing we don't like is to be under authority. And a hush came over the crowd, praise the Lord. The one thing we rebel against and break out against is authority. 
This is a word, I said it to you last week. God, the, the, the word of God is not a suggestion, it's a declaration. God doesn't make suggestions, he makes declarations. And he's declared who we are. It's a declaration. It is finished was not a suggestion. It was a declaration on the cross that it, your redemption, my redemption, every person's redemption is finished. And now we step into that. Are you with me this morning? Praise God. Let me finish with this. In Christ, God has given us everything. When we have Christ, we have everything. All is ours. For he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Garrett, can you come back to the keyboard and worship team, please? You see, there's an abiding principle. We read it in John chapter 15. It comes into play in the life of the believer. Too many are to, trying to possess what is theirs in Christ. We're, we're trying to possess. We're trying to lay hold of the promises of God. I'm trying to lay hold of the promises of God. But what I'm trying to possess is already mine. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says this. Now, somebody say now. Now, faith is. Now, faith is. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith receives everything now in Christ. But I don't see it yet. I'm not walking by sight. I'm walking by faith. So it is mine now. I always love this analogy. Amazon is the greatest faith company on the planet. People go on Amazon and order stuff and then they tell everybody they have stuff that they don't have yet. Because they ordered it on Amazon and paid for it. And the moment they paid for it, they called it theirs even though it's in dispatch to them. It's in transit. They don't have it yet, but they ordered it and they paid for it so it's been purchased. And it was purchased in their name and they paid the price for it so it's been redeemed. It's been redeemed. The price of redemption was paid for it. And now it's going from where it was being held. And it's being transferred from there into their possession. And while it's in transit, the moment it was paid for, the moment it was redeemed, it no longer belonged to the one who held it. It's now went from ownership from the one who held it to the one who redeemed it. And it now belongs to the Redeemer who paid the price for it. And it's on their way. 
and it's going to manifest in their presence. So the next time you order something on Amazon or any place like that, when does it become yours? When it shows up on the door in the box? When you open the box? Or the moment you pay the price to redeem it? The moment you pay the price to redeem it, it goes from being theirs to yours. In everything that is yours in Christ, everything you think you need to receive to order from God in prayer. Many times we see our prayers as mail order prayers to God. I sent my order off. I think it got lost in the mail. Because it hasn't showed up yet. If you ever begin to agree with God that it became yours the moment it was redeemed. 2,000 years ago, Jesus said it is finished. It is paid for. Everything that you will ever need is already yours in me. It may not, you may not be seeing it yet. It's just in transit on its way to you. I love what Dr. Jerry Savell says. You and I live in between. Amen. And there it is. And the moment I say, amen, Father, I thank you. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you will ask the Father anything in my name. He will do it for you. Father, I thank you. You meet all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And those riches include every need, every necessity of my life. So, Father, I thank you today. I believe I receive in Jesus' name. I'm calling it mine now. I'm not going to wait till it shows up. I'm not going to doubt that it's on the way. It is mine in Jesus' name. In fact, I'm believing that I'll receive. I see myself the healed of the Lord, the delivered of the Lord, the provided by the Lord. I am the redeemed of the Lord. Therefore, everything that He paid for is already mine. I don't have, I'm not going to get it. It is already mine. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody give God a praise in the house today. Well, pastor, not everybody believes that today. I could care less. I really could. Just hold on to your fear, your doubt, your unbelief. Live in defeat. Amen. Or live in the life of a risen Savior. Amen. And just start saying it. I told you, man, I have. When, when I order something, I don't say it's coming. I say I have. I declare it's mine. Why? It's mine because I redeemed it. I paid the price to redeem it. Calvary paid the price for everything you need. If you will ever get your word and your mouth and your mind to agree with God and start speaking life and start speaking the declaration of God, you'll see the word of God show up in your life. Stand to your feet with me this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't care what it is, whatever's been plaguing you, bothering you, haunting you, trying to hold you on, trying to tell you can't back, whatever that is. I don't care whether sickness and disease, poverty or lack, discouragement, depression, anxiety, fear, whatever it is. I want you to make it an it is finished declaration this morning. Move from where you are right to this altar today. Come on, we get to declare it is finished. Devil, I've been taken out from this kingdom. I'm going to abide in the son of my love, of his love. I am in Christ. That means 
means every need of my life is already met. And I want you right now just where you are. They lead us in worship. I want you just to begin to thank God. Whatever that is, it's already been ordered. It's already been paid for. Begin to declare and call it yours right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, this is your moment to declare it is finished in your life. Hallelujah.